0: at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who want to succeed at work while also raising children. My name is Lori Mahalik-Levin, and I'm joining you today from sunny, almost springy Washington, D.C. I am a healthcare lawyer, founder of a program called Mindful Return that helps employers retain their new parent top talent, and I'm mama to two wonderful redheaded boys. They are ages 10 and 12 at this point. I'm joined today by my co-host and wonderful husband, Jason Levin. Hello, Jason. Thank
1: you, Laurie Mahalik-Levin, my amazing co-host and amazing wife. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, the sun is shining in Washington, D.C. We had a very nice weekend. Our boys who are 10 and 12 are having their activities between baseball and track, and it's all good. I am the founder of Ready, Set, Launch, LLC, where I'm a speaker, trainer, and coach advise executives on how to grow their professional services practices and make intentional career transitions. My debut book, Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch is available on Amazon and wherever you find books online. To you, Lori, we are super excited to be introducing our new segments in Moms and Dads and Professional Development.
0: Indeed, yes. This new pair of episodes, one with two dads in professional development, and then next will come two moms in professional development or PD. We are really thrilled to welcome to the podcast two awesome dads, Joshua Troy and Neil Dennis. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Josh. Josh is the Director of Talent Management at Kilpatrick Townsend and Stockton LLP, where he engages with attorneys and staff to ensure their professional and personal success. Josh is a proud parent of two daughters who were very excited to find out that their dad was being interviewed. So I look forward, Josh, to uh, your being able to share this episode with your daughters. Welcome to the podcast.
1: And it's my pleasure to introduce Neil Dennis, who's the director of professional development at Blaney McMurdy LLP, a mid-sized full-service law firm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He's responsible for the recruitment, professional development, and training of legal professionals at the firm. Prior to joining his firm, Neil headed up career development at the University of Toronto Faculty of Law and held similar positions in Washington, D.C., including the Assistant Dean of Career Services at the Howard University School of Law and the Director of Career Services at Georgetown Law Center. He lives in Markham, a suburb near Toronto, and is married to Kia, who has a much cooler job than him as an author of thriller mystery novels. They have two kids, Bryson, age 13. And Miles, age 10, almost 11. Welcome, Neil. Good to be here. Good to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh and Neil, for joining us today. Josh, let's start with you. We like to ask our guests to tell us at the beginning of the podcast a little bit about your own personal working parent story. So walk us through that, please.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, really thrilled to be here and share a little bit about my experience. And so I am uh a working parent, and it really is a partnership um, with my wife, who is also a working parent. We have spent the last several years, certainly as my oldest daughter is now almost six, trying to figure out and navigate a routine and schedule that works for both of us, that allows us to have take care of the kids, that allows us to be both professionally successful and then also to be personally satisfied.
0: Awesome, Josh. And how old is your other child? You have a six-year-old or an almost six-year-old? Almost and Almost
2: six-year-old and a four-year-old. So it's and a
0: four-year-old. Great. Yeah. And sort of what role were you in whenever you became a dad? And how did that personal and professional identity transition that happens at that juncture when you become a parent go for you?
2: So um, I was working in professional development at the time, also at a law firm. I had been very aware of different aspects of policies and sort of challenges and opportunities that come with being a parent in a law firm. But until I experienced it myself, obviously it changed my perspective on it. It's a little bit of a funny story because I vividly can tell you exactly the context in which my oldest daughter um, was born because I've been planning for over a year a business development training program for uh, women partners at the firm. And we had planned it uh, for the middle of June. And it was about three weeks before my wife's due date. And it was just traveling from New York to Philadelphia. But out of an abundance of caution, um, just didn't want to leave. And my wife literally went into labor the night uh, before the program was scheduled to begin. It was easy for me to always know the anniversary of that program and also the timing of my daughter's birth. But in that moment, I was immediately confronted of some of the challenges between being a working parent Certainly, being a working parent in professional development.
0: Well, it's a good thing you had planned not to go. Yeah, three weeks is uh, that window when things might start to happen. And I love that it was a women's professional development event when your daughter arrived on the scene. That's awesome. Neil, over to you. Can you tell us a little bit about your own working parent story?
3: Own working parent story. Yeah, how did it all begin? Yeah, my wife, uh, Kia, and I met in New York uh, through a mutual friend. We were both working at law firms at the time, and you know, Kia decided that she wanted to go back to Maryland, uh, where she's from. I decided that my friends just weren't as important to me as she was. They're very important, but not as much as Kia. Yeah. You know, you don't want to let go of someone like that in your life. From there, we moved into a house together in Springfield, Maryland, because I refused to move into a uh, an apartment outside of New York. Um, we got married, and we had two kids. Um, after then. I remember distinctly that, you know, our first kid, uh, Bryson, at the time I was just transitioning into this new industry of career development. This is when I was actually interviewing for the position at Georgetown. Um, I was also interviewing at other places too, but I remember this distinctly. I was also interviewing for the uh, Securities Exchange Commission because I was thinking maybe I'll do government stuff too. And, you know, literally like five minutes before I was about to go into the interview, Kia called me up and she's like, Oh, yeah, we're inducing today. <laughs> I was like, really? Surprise. Five minutes before I'm about to go into this thing. So, yeah, you know, I didn't get that job. I was kind of you know, <laughs> a little bit rattled. It wasn't her fault. She, I'm glad that I knew, but, uh, you know, I was kind of like going through the motions at that point.
0: Yeah. You, you both have a very um, noteworthy earth. Uh, stories here that tie directly to career, and yes, it's important to note that the work-life integration of a working parent can begin even before the baby arrives on the scene. Neil, I want to stick with you for a minute. I appreciated your talking about transitioning sort of into career development, into professional development. Before I ask a question about being a parent in that field, I'm curious if you can tell us just a little bit about the field of professional development and. You know, it's not usually you go to college and say, I'm gonna major in PD. What is it to you? And how did you come to get interested in that as your professional path?
3: Yeah, I mean it, it can be a couple things in the different countries that I've lived in. You know, for instance, right now, my 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 title is the um you know director of professional development at Blaney McMurtry, but that covers both recruiting students and lawyers, uh um, attorneys, as well as Developing their career here and, you know, putting on different programs to help them develop their practice and, and see them through the process of becoming a partner. You know, I know that there are some places up here as well as down in the states where those two things are split up so that professional development is strictly just developing their careers while, you know, recruitment is done by somebody else or a whole different department altogether. With me, it took a lot of introspection, right? Lori, because, you know, we go to law school. And we we go through hell through law school and then we go into practice and you're thinking, I'm doing what lawyers are supposed to do. And then you start thinking about whether this is the actual you know, whether this is really the career for you. And I kind of went through those motions and I started doing a little more introspection on what it was that I liked. About my job, and a big part of what I liked was the mentorship of younger associates and uh, student outreach programs and interviewing. You know, I was uh, I was lucky enough to have this Georgetown interview amidst all the other types of interviews that I had with different places, you know, government as well as other law firms. And you know, I was working with a coach at the time, and I was explaining or you know, sort of debriefing her on the different interviews I did. She's like, "Do you realize how much more animated you became when you were talking about the Georgetown position?" I did not realize that, but it's interesting (laughs) you say that. You know, so I kind of jumped straight in at that point. uh, After again a lot of introspection, a lot of talking things through with Kia as well, because you know it's a big decision to leave the practice.
0: Yeah, and and a pitch there for having coaches who can help reflect back to you things that you can't even see in yourself. Um, It's so important what you're feeling in your body and what's showing up on your face when you're talking about these different decisions, for sure. And how would you describe what it is like to be a parent? in the professional development space these
3: days? It's interesting because I've been in the space early in my career all the way up until now. I've been drawing a lot of inspiration from my kids and being a father when doing anything in this industry. So, you know, just to give you an example, something I thought about was, uh, you know, I was doing a a recruiting presentation uh, for students last fall, and I was acknowledging what their frame of mind might be if they don't get a job through a formal recruiting process, like on-campus interviews your heart breaks after that happens as a student. I told them, look, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be disappointed or angry. It's okay to think like this is the end of the world. That's okay. And I specifically told them that I'm not going to diminish those feelings because it reminds me a lot of how I deal with my own kids' feelings when they don't Mm. get, say, a perfect score on a pop quiz. And I'll tell you, Lori and Jason, like, I used to tell my kids that in the grand scheme of things, this will mean nothing. It's not important. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I learned this from a good friend of mine, saying that kind of dismisses their feelings outright, doesn't it? I mean, to them, Uh it is It is the end of the world. This meant everything to them, and they didn't do well on it. And this is how they're feeling. So, you know, I, I needed to meet them at that level before I got into the consoling mode. Like, that's that's something that I've learned and something that I now sort of apply a lot when talking with students as well as uh, associates that I work with. Uh, So, you know, I'd say being a parent in this industry now has really inspired me to be a better coach, a better advisor, um, and a better person altogether.
0: Amazing. They're so intertwined. Thank you for that, Neil. Um, Over to you, Josh. I would love to ask the same two questions, really. What was your path into PD and how would you describe what it's like to be a parent in professional development today?
2: also started my career uh, as a practicing lawyer. I was a litigation associate for almost seven years and uh, maybe a longer story than the podcast allows for. But the short of the start of the journey is um, when I was a junior associate, uh, my associate mentor left to go do professional development at another law firm. And that was sort of the first time I was really exposed to the idea or the world of being a lawyer at a law firm, but not practicing and what that looks like. And then I was able to stay in great touch with her. And the things that she was doing were a lot of the things that I was really passionate about from training to review and feedback to mentoring and advising. And so I was really fortunate that while I was still an associate, I was able to pursue some of those opportunities within my former firm. And then as I got more senior, I just got to a point where I realized like, I'd like to devote myself to this full time. So I actually took vacation and went to NALP's Professional Development Institute and just immersed myself in the world of it for 72 hours, meeting a whole bunch of really talented people who were thoughtful about aspects of professional development and talent management in ways that maybe I had never been and recognizing that this was 100% um, for me and what I wanted to be doing. And then I went about trying to pursue a position in it uh full time networking with a lot of the people who I met at that conference. But as I think about it and the point is like, what's the through line? And I go back to as an undergraduate at Brown University, I planned freshman orientation for two years. Um and I was for running it for all the incoming new students. And I loved it. And I love thinking about like what content we wanted to get them and all of the logistics that went into it. And I now like think back on that experience and I was like, oh, okay." I just I didn't realize that that could be a career when I was doing it. And now I realize (laughs) that, you know, it can be.
0: Yeah, you can get paid for it. Exactly. (laughs) I love, first of all, acknowledging that people can model paths for us that we can follow and draw inspiration from. I love that about your associate mentor. And I just have to say that I think conference going is so important. And I believe you and I first met one another at PDI. The Professional Development Institute that you referred to. So, just a plug for getting out there and actually meeting people in an industry that you're excited about. Because going to the conference will give you tons of people who all have different perspectives on it. How about being a parent, Josh, in PD?
2: Yeah, I, I think being a parent in PD is a wonderful in that it sort of gives me a new perspective on a lot of the things that I'm trying to accomplish from a PD and talent management perspective. Which is to say that. Parenting, training and development, our client responsibilities, they're all things that sort of add value to our lives, but also take up time. And trying to navigate sort of, I won't use the word balance, but trying to navigate the ratio between each one of those three things um, is something that I deal with as a parent in professional development and then offer guidance to others as I am helping them with their own professional development and parenting journeys.
0: Both take up time and they both add value for sure. Very well put, Josh. Over to you, Jason, for our next questions.
1: What I'm really enjoying from uh, Neil's point of view is the introspection, the the notion that asking oneself questions about what you like, what you don't like, and, and really leaning into things that you find interesting uh, professionally, as well as talking about meeting people where they're at. I mean, that's... Uh it's a it's such a refreshing and wonderful evolution as you think about how you interact with your kids, how you interact with the people uh that you work with. And then Josh, as you're watching uh others uh that you're working with go into those fields and then you're keeping in touch with them, which is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, but then like really leaning into engaging with folks like it now PDI to be able to say, are these my people or not? And then uh even going back to when you were planning uh freshman orientation. And as someone who was active in student government in college, that, that's fantastic. So I want to stick with Josh for a second. No doubt that when you become a parent, your 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 workplace is really important in, in, in having a level of support uh, as you're becoming a parent. And for both of you, it's um, you have two kids. Uh, Josh, I'm curious, what workplace supports did you find particularly helpful when you became a working parent?
2: You know, I, I did some thinking about this in advance and it was hard for me to necessarily maybe single it down to one, but the one I kept coming back to was uh, backup care uh, through, and both of my current firm, um, Come back to Townsend and my former firm offered that through Bright Horizons. It just became such a powerful resource for us um, in terms of either one of the one of the kids was sick or school was closed down, or it was a vacation and it was not one of those times where both my wife and I could be off, right? One of we have the days where both of us needed to be working, and so the availability of having a firm provided benefit that allowed for either drop-off care at no cost or in-home care with a nominal copay um, was just so important. Especially, you know, when my oldest turned one. Sorry, my youngest turned one right at the start of the pandemic. So, you know, the 2017, 2018, 2019, it was two kids under two. And then really the resources for it to help figure out work and childcare at that stage of life was just so critical.
1: Wow, Uh, I hear you on the backup care when uh, Lori was at her firm. That's something that we uh, really enjoyed. But uh, it didn't dawn on me that, you know, your daughters are now four and six and that you actually had... But y- them younger uh, while we were all locked down. Oh, my gosh.
2: That was an experience. That was an experience that we'll still learning things from um, <laughs> and, and figuring out what that means towards lower term development. But yeah, I mean, it really being able to be at a firm and my wife to be at a company that just really supported us during that window because they were both at that age where they could not be left alone. It was impossible for us to be separate from them. So I, you know, I remember especially those first six, seven months, and it just being a lot of time shifting, you know, that dividing up the day so that we were trying to work in three or four hour blocks so um, that we could each get some concentrated windows of time to do work. And that was something as maybe goes to sort of one of the broader lessons is like, that's something we only picked out via trial and error, right? I think we had some ideas when this came out, like, should we do an hour on and an hour off? Should we do like a day on or a day off? And I think we just tried to figure out something that sort of made the days and the whole week um, as manageable as possible while, you know, providing sort of care for our kids.
0: Oh, I just want to jump in really quickly on backup care and just say that you should check in to see if your employer offers any backup care options. I was at a firm for approximately 18 months at one point before I knew that there was a backup care option available. And so, you know, definitely put the inquiry out if you're not sure whether the benefit exists. The other thing I want to say is that we have a great blog post on the Mindful Return blog related to how to actually go about using backup care and how to make it work effectively for you. So I'll make sure that we drop that into the show notes. Uh, yeah. Back
2: over to you, Jason. Lori, I'm sorry uh, not to interrupt the transfer back to Jason. Yeah. If I could just add a couple points on that, we just like things that I've gone through through my own experience Please. with it yeah. that I now share with associates as i start started working with them, which is to say like, first of all, you're right. hundred percent know and ask about your firm's benefits because I know a number of firms also provide additional backup care during the first year um, after the child is born. So that's sort of just a greater number when there may be a greater need. But then also whatever it's through... And I know Bright Horizons from my experience, but it's like, do the paperwork in advance. Even if you think there's no chance that you really want backup care, fill out the paperwork, get the medical forms completed, answer the allergy questions, make sure you have your kids' doctor's notes, whatever's necessary. Because when the time comes up when you need it, you don't want to be scrambling for all of that paperwork. So from my own experience, like get it done up front. And then this way, when the need comes up, you can just click the buttons and put in the request and not worry about all the additional documentation.
0: That is a brilliant tip. Yes,
1: Josh, I hear you on that. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. I totally agree. The amount and the paperwork is pretty significant, but once you actually do get it done, it's it's really worthwhile. So, staying with you, Josh, what workplace supports didn't you have, but you think other parents might benefit from uh, with a little bit of reflection?
2: You know, and just I'm not just playing to you because it's a relationship question, but I do think one of the things that really is helpful is just connecting parents with other parents. And I think, with a recognizing my bias in place that I think parents are often their best resource for each other. I can think of the number of times you know I was involved um in starting uh parents networking and affinity group, and you know even just being able to go to that group and say, like, "Hey, you know, what do you recommend for a kid's scissors?" So I don't have to like dig around through thirteen different articles ranking like the top five child scissors out there, just going to other people who are parents and knowing what their recommendations are, and sort of it works on a national level for things like you know, um, scissors, which is apparently what I'm focused on today, or local questions like, you know, you get to the point where you're looking for babysitters or you're figuring out preschool versus a nanny versus, you know, certain educational opportunities versus after school programs, just being able to have that network of people to reach out to. So anything that can be put in place to help connect parents with other parents, I think is so valuable.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the whole, uh, you have your pack, you have your community, you have, uh, other people that are going through this as well. You know, and if your organization does have a parent group, it's just so useful to be able to bounce those ideas. And I hear you, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, babysitters, like in, in our couple, I'm, I'm the one that owns the babysitting bench. And I see it as a baseball farm system: single A, double A, triple A, and majors, and having different, you know, babysitters along the way, so that you have that level of care. So, Josh, uh, some really, really great insights. Uh, Neil, uh, I want to turn back to you. I want to get your uh, thoughts on what workplace supports did you find helpful uh, as you became a working parent.
3: Yeah, you know, Jason, I, I don't remember or, you know, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have Josh to advise me at the time to see if we had some kind of backup care or, uh, or anything like that at, at Georgetown. But, you know, I was at Georgetown at the time um, when we had our kid. Our first one, and I think about the people that I worked with as being a resource in itself. I had an amazing boss who's really supportive of, uh, you know, maybe even dialing back some responsibilities if I needed the time off. I had coworkers who were also parents, and you know, even those who weren't, uh, who were very understanding about I-, I need to run out for an emergency or my kid has pink eye. I got to pull him out of daycare now, and the whole day is ruined. Uh, but they, you know, they they were quick to take one of my students for counseling. You know, can you see this person? Sure. There was no question. Um, and they, they were like so supportive. So being a part of a team and having a, uh, having a boss at top who really understands sort of what's going on with you, I think is huge. Um, you know, I remember our school had, they, they actually did, they had an amazing preschool there. Now that, now I think about it, you know, the problem is that it was a very long waiting list. So we never really got them in, but you know, I did anticipate one of Josh's, uh, pieces of advice and I did sign our kid up anyways. Just in case, you know, we were doing that and I you know, did my best to try to get to know the uh, the person who runs it too. Um, but, you know, it didn't work out. So we had to go elsewhere. You know, in retrospect, I should probably have used more of any kind of formalized parental leave options um, that, that it offered. But like I said, this is my first one. This is the first time I was foraying into this industry as well. So what did I do? I decided to just burn the candle at both ends. Um, which I don't recommend for anyone, meaning, you know, I'll wake up at night, but then I'll also do all my work, and then I'll also work past that time and still find time to do everything. Yeah, that's not a good thing. And I didn't do that for my second one, so uh, there's that. I learned my Uh, lesson.
1: How much leave did you take from the first one to the second one after, like, uh, burning the candle at both ends?
3: Again, I'm not the greatest example, but I I took probably a a couple of weeks for the second one. And really, for the first one, probably took like a week ish, but was still, it wasn't full, fully on leave. Like I was still answering emails. I was still kind of doing what I was doing because again, I was learning the industry and I was still hungry to like get that expertise. Not recommended though.
2: One of the things that sort of I work with a I or had conversation with an on is you know, sort of like how to figure out that leave and sort of what to need and obviously I you know start from places like, please take all the time that you need and that's available to you, but I could say from my own experiences that sort of figuring out how much to take up front and then how much to potentially save for the transition period where my wife was going back to work was part of the conversation, and then actually with both kids but different medical Situations like we were able to pivot and adjust on the fly. So I, you know, ended up taking an extra week um, after my first daughter was born. And then after my second daughter was born, we we're in a situation where um, we had a positive flu case. And so, like trying to create extra time to sort of just create some separation between my older daughter and the newborn became really important. But I think that flexibility to figuring out what works for a household. And I've seen, especially on the attorney side, you know, people take it. All up front in a single block, or also space it out so that you know, depending on when they have in-laws coming to visit, or when they have someone needs to go back on a certain date, or there's a big event coming up, and certain being able to adjust around that, I think was really valuable for my own experience.
1: You know, and what I like what you're talking about, Josh, and and complement to what Neil has said is really creating conversations around how to think about leave and sharing that with the people that you're working with, even when. Uh, you know, Neil uh, and his wife, Kia, had their first 13 years ago. I think in the last 13 years, there's a whole new way that we're thinking about dads taking leave. And, and so to Josh, your point, I, I, I really like how you're uh, describing the let's, let's have a conversation. It doesn't have to all be at once. What's going to work best and um, and being able to uh, share what your needs are, because uh, certainly when they come, uh, the your world does change. Uh, Lori, did you want to add
0: something? I just wanted to say that I've also very much seen the shift in culture and norms around taking leave. And one of the things that we teach managers in Mindful Return is to say to male colleagues, "When are you planning to take your leave?" Not "Are you planning to take a leave?" And I think just even those subtle shifts and how we talk about parental leave and paternity leave in particular really make a difference in changing cultural norms within a workplace. So. Just kudos to Josh and everyone who's elevating this
1: conversation. I want to stay with Neil for a second. The coach in me is always interested in early professional development experiences that influenced you in some way or another. So Neil, when you were middle school or high school or college, what was your first job? What'd you learn from it?
3: Well, my very first job um, was during high school, and I was a camp counselor at a circus camp. The, a circus true. camp. What's yeah. a circus camp? Everyone has that same tone and inflection of voice when I say that. Jason, so, circus camp is, is is basically it was a camp for student for um for kids anywhere from ages like six to twelve. It, it was an outdoor day camp. Where we'd have like a flying trapeze, we'd have like a mini still trapeze, we'd have jugglers, we'd have you know a little tightrope thing that they could use, and just all this like circus stuff. And I was I was a camp counselor there, and you know I think that that really it adds to sort of the person that I am in terms of 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 someone who enjoyed the counseling aspect and enjoyed leading kids or or leading those who were younger than me. It, it, It was. I still kind of do it up to today, and even you know, even after then, when when I was uh, you know after I'd graduated from uh, university from college, I was a I was a job developer for a, a government agency, meaning that I helped youth find jobs. And you know, when I was interviewing for for Georgetown, that just that that came back to me. So when they thought about
1: doing this job, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you've literally been walking the tightrope for a long time now. So that's <laughs> that's <laughs> <Nice>. good. <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome deal. Uh. This episode of the Parents at Work podcast is brought to you by Ready, Set, Launch, a boutique career coaching firm that supports executives in career and retirement transitions, as well as building their professional services practices. I'm Jason Levin, and I've been supporting executives achieving their goals in the private, public, and nonprofit sectors for the past 10 years. Based on those experiences, I decided to write a book called Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch. We say keep in touch, but we struggle to do so. I wrote this book so that my readers could have proven research-based tactics to keep in touch and reap all the benefits. I'm excited about this book, and I know that you will too. Head over to ReadySetLaunch.net or connect with me on LinkedIn to learn more about the book. Be happy to learn more about your goals and your organization and how there might be a fit. Again, head over to ReadySetLaunch.net to get back in touch. Now, back to our episode. Uh, wow, I could I could go down a total rabbit hole, but that that's a that's a really great experience.
0: We'll stay out of the circus for now.
1: Yes. We'll stay out of the circus, even though we're probably living in our own circuses with our kids at home. Uh, Josh, the same question. Uh, what was your What was your first job? What did you learn from it? My first job
2: was also as a camp counselor, but it wasn't as a circus camp. And now I feel like I was just missing out on uh, that, like retroactively disappointed with the experience. But <laughs> as a camp counselor, I think, you know, I, one of the biggest lessons I learned is just like scheduling time. Um, and I think everything that comes with that is that, you know, we were always had to be going from one activity to another activity. And then you realize that, especially when you're dealing with a group of younger kids, like people move at very different rates, not just their walking speed, but also just like getting dressed, getting ready for a swim, getting dried off after swim, like eating their lunch and sort of being able to maintain a whole schedule while recognizing that there were a lot of individualized needs as part of that.
1: That's awesome. How old were the kids that you were a camp counselor for?
2: You know, it, 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 the ages ranged, um, but they were sort of in that elementary school range with a lot of kids that I was working with.
1: And, and I hear you on on scheduling. Um, and, and it's funny that both Neil, you and I, um, I, I was a camp counselor also uh, in high school. And it was amazing how long it took for somebody to get changed into their bathing suit.
0: All the camp's counselors apparently go on to become career <laughs> coaches.
1: <laughs>
0: there we go. We can spot them a mile away.
2: Yeah, I guess if you could make it through a summer camp uh, experience, I guess a lot of things seem easier by comparison.
0: We love talking about translatable skills. um, And Jason started with us in terms of looking back at your work history. Um, If you can fast forward to today, and maybe we'll start with you, Josh, what skills do you think that you have gained through parenthood specifically that are helpful to you in your professional development role?
2: Patience is certainly is certainly one of them. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I think that every every parent sort of learns that, that one way or another, as a way it. But I think one of the other skills, especially you know, my wife and I still this actually gave this advice to a new parent the other day, which is even when things seem bad, it's a phase within reason, right? And I don't want to overly generalize because obviously there's some things that are really extreme on either one of those ends, but especially when it comes to parenting, you know, I remember those times where. One of my daughters just like stopped eating from the bottle, or just like wouldn't go to sleep without having a crib like aggressively rocked, and it just seemed like I'm never getting another slice of seed again, or she, she's never going to eat. You know, we're we're just gonna you know be nursing for the rest of our lives, um, for our lives. I mean, my wife. But you know, you sort of recognize that like, okay, there will be an endpoint. There will be a time where this is done. And Lori, I don't remember if this was your session or not, but I may have been. That's one of the social sessions where you know, I got to know each other. But I was had a um, a parent-focused session at a conference, and it may have been um, the PDC's Professional Development Consortium, but it summer conference. But a parent was talking. It's like they had this fear that their kid would never have teeth. That for you know their child was over one and still had not gotten their first tooth, and they just like a parent. Another parent gave them the advice: is you don't see toothless children walking around, right? Like at some point, <laughs> yes. at some point they get teeth, and you sort of like that as a comfort, right? Like recognizing that the, the end point is in sight
0: yes yes absolutely everything is a season and you brought back so many memories about around the bottle struggles we also had some a child who would not take a bottle and gosh i think we bought like 30 bottles from Bye oh. baby to try to figure out what the problem it was yes
1: yes exactly. yes and i remember that <laughs>
0: the stories we tell ourselves in the narratives too around what our role is in this and you know my own story was oh my gosh if my baby can't eat then i'm gonna starve him and my going back to work is starving my child and you know it's easy to fall into those loops, but it's good to remember to talk to parents who have been through it, who can often pause and say, wow, I barely even remember that anymore.
2: It's really true. And I think parent to parent, one of the other pieces of advice that really came out of it is, you know, I think sometimes I have to fight my professional development talent and management background when it comes to being a parent, because I think sometimes like I'm always looking, I'm looking for a solution and sometimes it's not a solution based
0: a parenting mm. issue,
2: it's you just have to, you know, embrace the moment and sort of figure out how to get through it. But it's not about solving the problem.
0: Yeah, and that's hard to sit with sometimes where we tend to be fixers. Thank you, Josh. Over to you, Neil. What skills do you think that you've gained through parenthood that are also really helpful in your professional development role?
3: Um, you know, uh, Having some of that empathy, you know, as as I was discussing before with, with that example, just in terms of being able to put myself in the place of where other people are, and you know, being able to to meet them at where they are in terms of emotion. I mean, we do that every day with our kids, really. But you know, I think the other thing is kind of dealing with stress, dealing with learning how to go with the flow. You know, especially with my second one, if I heard my kid fall or something, or if I heard a big bang, I would be running over there immediately be like, what's going on how you know what happened but uh since then i've really kind of mellowed out and if i hear something fall i'm just yelling out you okay good <laughs> and that's and then that's it that's all i need for it right but you know it kind of it adds to what my approach is now when dealing with the stresses of my job or talking with you know other lawyers here other attorneys um and the challenges that they're facing. You know, I've been told that I have a very sort of, you know, mellow, laid back type of, of approach, you know, when it comes to coaching or advising or, you know, just listening, period. You know, I, I attribute that a lot to my kids. You know, I'll tell you one quick story. I figured out that when we moved from one house to the next, the biggest thing to me was just don't touch my TV. When when we first had you know when we had our first son, the thing I did was get those you know get those those baby fences, and I just quartered off the TV like that. You can, you can ask Kia, it was right. Like that's the first thing I did. Don't touch the TV. But when we moved, the TV was on the ground. My kids started like touching the screen and everything, and I freaked out. It was like don't touch the TV. You know, I, I raised my voice, and you know I stopped for a minute. And I was like, I need to take a walk. And I was like, there's no reason. You know, there's no reason for that. And and it just kind of, you know, again, it triggered a lot of introspection in me and how, you know, how I react to things. I feel like that really kind of made me understand myself better. And now this allows me to, you know, approach all of these issues that people have with, you know, a lot more empathy, uh, a lot more calmness as well even though, you know, there's stress and the things that I do, there's stress in every job that, that everyone has. Yeah, I think, again, my kids just make me better.
0: Yeah. And we all have those moments where we're not exactly sure why we're flipping out about something and just really admire your pausing and your ability to translate that pause into your skill in your job. I also just want to say that helping people, especially lawyers, to not catastrophize is like the biggest benefit you could give to the legal industry. So kudos to you on that. Absolutely. And
1: and uh, Neil, just to let you know, in our house, we're still trying to figure out who holds the remote. So I feel. Like... <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> so okay, always Neil. you, Jason.
3: So it's always you, buddy.
0: Oh yeah, you He wishes.
1: I wish, but thank you. Thank you for your support,
0: um, Neil. Let's stick with you for a minute. Um, what changes do you see happening in the field of professional development that you think may affect working parents, even if these changes aren't necessarily
3: specifically about working parenthood. Yeah, I'm still dealing and processing with what has happened to humanity over the past three years in the pandemic. I kind of feel like we were pushed to our limits in terms of keeping things running or coming up with creative ideas to deal with something that we've never encountered before. And on top of that, we had to make sure that our kids were yet getting educated properly, virtually, and we had to comfort them at the same time in this very scary world. Yeah, I feel like Some of us discovered also how nice it was to be with our kids Um, in some cases. My youngest kid, for instance, uh, was my office mate over the summer of 2020, Um, and I'd be working in the living room, and he'd set up his laptop and watch shows and YouTube like right beside me, and I loved it. On the the other hand, (laughs) And this comes from another colleague of mine, Kara Harding. Our work lives and personal lives were collapsed into one, uh, so we couldn't separate the stresses from each of these environments from one another. Meaning that you know there's no way to leave your personal stresses outside of the work uh, building. Um, there's no way to leave the the work stresses outside of your home. Uh, what brought us and you know this kind of brought us to a point of exhaustion and that many of us you know haven't experienced before and. Might be one of the factors perhaps that played into the whole great resignation or great retirement that that we we experienced. That sort of extreme of stress that was introduced to us uh, and introduced to parents, especially in terms of what's happening right now. And we're still getting over it. And we're still getting Mm -hmm. over it, still dealing with it.
0: Such an important reminder that it's going to have these long-lasting effects on us and on our own career and personal and professional development. And it's not that we flipped a switch and suddenly pandemic's over and we're all fine. Thank you for that, Neil. Over to you, Josh. What changes do you see happening in PD that also happen to be affecting working parents?
2: I think for me, uh, one of the things is like just the flexibility or adaptability that it's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all model. And I think, I mean, you know, especially in the law firm setting where I operate, which is to say that career paths take different directions. And now we have alternative work arrangements and alternative titles and a recognition that some people may be with the organization for upwards of 30 years. And for some people, it may be shorter than that. But recognizing that even for people who are with the organization for 30 years, their needs at different point in time are going to change. And certainly, as a parent, your needs at different points in time will change. You know, I'm, I'm sort of living the younger end of that experience. But right now, but, you know, recognizing that as the kids get older, it may be flexibility around attending a sporting event or attending a school play. And, you know, all of those things that I think now is law firms, especially are now more adaptable to incorporating into the lives of both their attorneys and their professional staff.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Um, In the interest of time, I'm going to pass this back to Jason to get us over our final wrap up questions here.
1: Yeah and before I do the uh final wrap up question I really like how Josh is talking about how career paths are flexible uh and that there is no one size that fits all it's really uh, identifying what people need and and how uh, an organization can uh, uh retain them uh, based on uh what that person actually needs And then what Neil was talking about, I mean, we just went through a trauma level event in the last three years and that it was stressful. Even though we're in a post-lockdown world, we're still trying to figure it out. So uh, I love both of your perspectives. I want to go back to Neil. Last three questions, uh, lightning round. What's your number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent? Number one book, number one piece of technology.
3: Uh, All right, well, look, I'm not a huge reader, but I'm gonna throw it out there. So, my favorite book is "Relationships to Infinity." Jason, you can uh, (laughs) cut my check. Cut my check whenever you're ready. Um, But great book. You know, technology. I'm not like a huge, huge technology person. Like there's no, there's no app that made my life, you know, really, uh, really simple recently. Uh, I think that. Just the evolution of technology, and and you know how our offices are now able to function remotely. Uh, um, you know we've beefed up everything from the Citrix systems to everything, uh, so it's it's much easier now to work from home. I think that's that that in itself is great. Zoom is amazing, but in terms of you know my one piece of advice, you know, here it is. So in my opinion, take the time to be in the present. With your family, I mean, you know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Take a step back to admire what's good in your life. You know, what's good about the family that you're a part of? You know, when our kids are born, we take so many pictures of them, like nonstop pictures, everyday pictures, every second pictures. But I could tell you that the, the one vivid memory that I have with my kids is watching the sunrise with them in silence uh, during a road trip. They were sitting on either side of me on a comfy chair, uh, um, you know, at the time we had stopped at a coffee shop. We just looked at this beautiful colors lighting up the sky. And I thought for a second, you know, I should give my camera to, you know, I should give my phone to Keeler to take a picture from behind because it would be such a cool picture. But uh, I, I didn't need it. <laughs> I didn't need it. It was a moment that was fully experienced by all of us. And, you know, my kids have even brought it up. Hey, Dad, remember the, the, the sunrise? And I'd be like, yeah, you remember it too, huh? So there's nothing like it. You know, and I wish you and everyone else listening similar moments, uh, but take it in,
1: Neil. That's great advice. Celebrating the moment and being present, and I, I love your sunrise story. I I, I feel the sun uh, coming on me now. That's uh, that's beautiful. Well said. Well said, Josh. Uh, on to you.
2: I'll sort of double off on Neil's because I think my the number of advice is largely the same, which is make sure to make time for yourself alone, and then also make time for yourself with your significant others. And I think that just Is really important. I think it just leads to a more rewarding experience overall and sort of allows you to prioritize yourself first every so often. And then sometimes that's really hard to do as a parent, but making giving yourself the grace to allow yourself to prioritize yourself, I think is really important. Number one piece of technology um, in my whole household, it's a shared electronic family calendar. Uh, the scheduling is uh, dynamic and only is getting <laughs> more expansive as uh, my oldest gets into the school and all the things that come with that. So having a shared calendar where my wife and I can both mark off the kids stuff, our stuff, work stuff, personal stuff, family stuff um, in a single place is really valuable. And then the books, I sort of took this in a different direction, which is I love the Question Years book series by Andrea Beatty. And I guess I recommend that because as a parent, especially when you're reading to your kids, having books that you can also enjoy as a parent is incredibly valuable. So I love that book series.
0: Can you say the name one more time, Josh, of the book series? Sure.
2: It's the Years book series. And the author is Andrea Beattie. It's, some of the books are Iggy Peck Architect, Rosie Revere Engineer, Ada Twist Scientist, which they then made into a Netflix TV show. So there's now like a cartoon that ties into it all um, that has the characters in it. But it's just, it's like a, a it's a, A series of books about different students in a class, and sort of it. We got it very early on when my after my oldest daughter was born, and so we made up background stories for a number of the other students in class before the actual other books started coming out. So it's sort of been fun for us as a family. Love that. Over time,
0: I can see the career development hat sort of playing into the the reading that you're doing for your child too.
1: (laughs) I can't get away from it.
0: Yeah, Jason. Anything you want to say in conclusion?
1: I am just so happy that uh, Josh and Neil spent some time with us today. Uh, Wonderful insights, wonderful perspectives. And I love how both your personal experiences have truly translated into your professional world and now you're bringing back into your personal world. Uh, So thank you both.
0: Yes, thank you for being here, Josh. Thank you for being here, Neil. This has been so much fun. And for those of you who are listening, we hope that you'll join us back again for our next episode, which will feature two moms in the professional development space. Also, if you enjoyed this episode. And if the podcast means something to you, we would ask that you first of all, share it with a friend or colleague who might be in the professional development or learning and development space. Second, please follow the Parents at Work podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. And if you're willing to leave us a short review, we would be grateful for that as well. Thanks everyone for joining. We'll see you back here next time for Moms in Professional Development. Bye-bye.